0: You are listening to Tales from the Trenches by Nicola Graham, a podcast focusing on all things business change related. Time to hand over to you, Nick. This is Tales from the Trenches of Change Management, and I am joined here today with Andrew Buxton. Andrew, hi.
1: hi.
0: Hi. So, listeners, I would like to introduce Andrew, um, who's actually not only a colleague but a personal friend of mine he is the founder of pdcs and they are a company who specialize in portfolio program and project management consulting as well as providing the very best resources for projects um, i've actually been really keen to get andrew onto the, our podcast uh, we have regular catch-ups and one of the one of the conversations we always have is very much around um, the implementing and assessing improvements to organisations, programme and project management maturity, um, and some of our more recent conversations have been heavily focused on what impact the COVID-19 has and will continue to have on organisations' governance of projects moving forward. Um, it's It's been a very engaging topic of ours, hasn't it, Andrew? Hasn't it Andrew? but before we get into this first and foremost Andrew is like myself I'm always harping on about this a very keen cyclist Um, and oh I'm I believe Andrew you you, you've got a bit of a sad story to tell us um, unfortunately (laughs) but um, you also within your passion for cycling you are in a wonderful part of the world um, of the UK and I'm always envious of seeing your Strava uh, segments of your beautiful roads that you get to ride. So, tell us a little bit more about your cycling career, if you wouldn't
1: mind. So, so uh, thank you for the introduction on the uh, the sad story there, Nicola. Yes, I'm afraid <laughs> I broke my bike, broke my bike the other day. So that was uh, so. Now I'm I'm mourning the fact that uh, I have a broken bike at the moment. But yeah, I'm a, I'm very keen cyclist. I've, I've been a cyclist. Mm-hmm. For a long, 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 long time, the majority of my life, I took a few years off in my twenties, but I'm now in, in uh, just reached the ripe old age of fifties, and um, and I, I I still love and 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 love the passion of, of of riding my bike as often as possible. As you say, I am quite lucky that I live where I live. I live uh, right on the edge of the Peak District National Park, so I've got lots and lots and lots of great um great routes, great roads to ride, and in fact. It's been great to see cycling progress and blossom in certainly the last ten years, where I think people in the UK are are really embracing uh, getting onto two wheels, and it's great not just from a um, environmental perspective, but from a health. It's just a fabulous, fabulous time. Absolutely. I'm noticing that, obviously, in the in the since lockdown. Uh, so very topical that that so many more people took to two wheels and it was great to see, it, you know, one upside of the situation has been is that more and more people are taking to two wheels and, and are embracing it. And there's a lot more friendliness and collaboration between users. So, so, yeah, it's a passion. I love it. It's just a shame I broke my bike the other day.
0: Oh, I know. I I must admit, I um I could cry for you because I think it's every every cyclist's nightmare when you've got your when you've got your your bike on your car and you just you just forget that it's there. Um and yeah, obviously that, that, that there are babies at the end of the day. So and not, and and equally, obviously, just being able to get out on your bike. So hopefully you'll get that fixed soon, and uh, all fingers crossed because you know we just we say this too many times, but I need to come up and. Uh, ride, ride in the, in the Dales with you. I, I'm, I'm busting to get up there. I haven't actually experienced it yet myself. So, um, I, I tend to stay down this way, but I'm definitely going to get up and ride with you as soon as your
1: bike's. You're, you're <laughs> you know. welcome anytime. You're welcome anytime. It's lovely.
0: I might need knee bike next to you, mind,
1: but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh dear. So let's talk about, um, your subject of expertise. Um, so Andrew, uh, actually kindly introduced me to the P3M3 model, um a couple of years ago now actually hasn't it i mean we've known each other a good good five five plus years um andrew i i'm not going to do this justice so would you mind describing to, to our listeners exactly give us a high level version of what p3 m3 is if you wouldn't mind
1: of course yes yeah. So, I, I think it's worth just giving you a little bit of background first of, of where where i come from and where p3 m3 fits into that journey so so i've been 27 years ago, I, um, for 15 years, was in IT service. Pre- so this was supply side program management and project management of medium to large IT services projects. And then latterly in that in that 15 years, working for a global systems integrator, being on that supply side of big technology, usually infrastructure change programs. So I have got a real good view on what it was like to program manage big, big technology projects and programs from a supplier side. And 12 years ago, made the conscious decision to move to to the other side of the fence and sit client side. So work with clients on ensuring that change was delivered really effectively and efficiently. And So for 12 years, I've been consulting with organizations on how to deliver change portfolio pro project management really 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 well mm-hmm. about six or seven years ago I came across p3m3 so just as a as a as a headline p3m3 is it's a, a world class maturity model developed by Axolos. So if you're not familiar with Axelos, Axolos are the same people that bought us ITIL. So in the world of IT, in service delivery management, you have a framework, ITIL, P3M3 is the same thing, but for delivering excellence in portfolio program and project management. P3M3 stands for portfolio program and project management. Mm-hmm. So what it does, what P3M3 does, it measures an organization's capability with regards to how it delivers It's the three P's, the portfolio program and project. But P3M3 is unique. Because what it does, it looks at the whole system, not just at the processes. Lots of lots of organizations and consultancies will look at the 3P processes. Quite right, too. You need to look at those. But actually, P3M3 doesn't just look at processes. It looks at the whole system. And that measurement is expressed as a maturity. So we'll look at the current state of the maturity of the 3Ps against the whole system. And that system is... Processors, mm-hmm. of course, people, yep. the organizer. very importantly, the organisation and the technology itself. So you've got the processes to deliver, the people who are doing the delivery, whether they're internal or external, the organisation's ability to deliver, importantly, receive and resource those projects and the technology that under it. So P3M3 assesses all of those. So the baselining, what it does. Um, it's, it, it gives you a current state assessment against those four areas the benefits out of it is and its focus areas are number one always is on cost management and cost savings so how do you deliver the project outputs and the program outcomes consistently predictably and within budget so it does cost management and cost savings from the top throughout and a spin off from that, you will always get improved benefits delivery because P3M3 ensures that you are consistent mm-hmm. with the way that you deliver across the three areas. It improves the quality because you're doing the same thing in the same way each time you spin up a project or even a complex program. It's still adopting the same set of processes. Inevitably, when you're looking at something that improves quality, You're getting buy-in from people. And the buy-in from people, both internally and externally, so customers on internal providers and owners and external providers and owners, you inevitably improve customer satisfaction because by adopting the P3M3 framework, you are aligning the piece of work with the customers itself. You're no longer a bubble. I use this phrase a lot. You're no longer a bubble of, of change you're now a much more inclusive model for change. So you're bringing in the stakeholders and the customers into the whole of the, the framework itself. And it provides plans for this thing called continual progression. For everybody who's familiar with ITIL, uh, and I will touch on it regularly now, ITIL has this thing called continual service improvement. So you will baseline where you are today, you'll go on a journey to a point which is appropriate for your organization for remediation or transformation of your processes people organization and technology but once you reach that point you then look at what axelos calls p3 m3 calls continual progression so it's about continual improvement you've got the baseline you're at the right place your blueprint in your operating model fit for purpose how can we improve it it's not about no longer about disruption it's now about improvement. and and p3 m3 allows you to do that so, by focusing on the organization's um, maturity, um, not specific in- initiatives. This is important. This is perhaps a difference with PCN3. An organization's maturity allows you to build consistent models. If you look at specific initiatives, so i look at this program. It's wonderful. We did great things with this program. We delivered to time, cost, and budget. We bought great outcomes from the program. Um, but you can't do that consistently unless you build a framework to allow you to re- repeat it again and again and again. And P3M3, is, in essence, allows you to do that.
0: Fantastic. And so in your experience then, um, you know, just obviously I'm putting my, putting my um, business engagement hat on here. So you walk into an organisation, obviously you look at their, their maturity and their ability to apply P3M3. How 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 does that look for you? So you walk into an organisation. Do you do an assessment or health check on them to start? Like, how do you know where to start?
1: Right. Well, it's a very good question. And we use the P3M3 toolkit as a as a standard platform. So P3M3 provides us with a <clears throat> excuse me a framework model to baseline across the four areas I've mentioned: process, people. Yep organisation of technology so we will we will identify who the prime owners of of all of those areas are across the business and those could be in 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 operations in, in it in finance in in hr or the big four and we may touch other areas such as finance as well But we will identify who are the owners of of, 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 and who are responsible for change within the organization. And we'll start to run some workshops with these guys and apply the framework questionnaire into that organization. And literally what comes out of that is a current state assessment of where they are against the four areas. It does give us the opportunity when we're actually undertaking these interviews with people to be able to really get their view on how they see organisation wide how changes managed whether it's good bad or indifferent within the company or within the organisation it gives us that view it also gets us started on the buying into the Alignment and collaboration across functions within an organization. It's almost like I don't usually use this word, but it's like a a sales job as you're moving along to encourage people to see where some of the gaps are within the organization and how they adopt change. So it enables us to do that. And P3M3 allows us to do it. And the outcome of it is so is it's really a this is a report of where you are right now. And given the various different metrics that we use. It could be sector, it could be size, it could be strategic direction, it could be geography. Um, and, and currently, the current situation is also a a, a key dis, a contributor to that as well. Yeah. We're able to then build a journey of where we believe to achieve those benefits. I was talking about cost and savings, improved benefits delivery, customer satisfaction, so on and so forth. It enables us to, to say, right, you are here on the P3M3, um, maturity model, mm-hmm. and to get where you need to be, where perhaps your competition is out there. So we'll use metrics from people like Gartner, etc., to say, right, if you wish to receive this, uh, improve your project delivery or delivery into this, into this quadrant. Um, your peers are doing X, able to then build the roadmap to get them to where we feel they should be or need to be without being too disruptive we don't want to go in and say right you're here now your processes are perhaps need some work and we're going to get you to the most efficient effective compliant secure and aligned processes as possible because that could be too disruptive for an organization so we we tend to get them to a point where we've improved it we've seen clear benefits in consistency and cost management but we're not disrupting the organization too much this is when, as with P3M3, we get to point and then we start at a point that is appropriate continual progression so that we're progressing these people. So, yeah, so we get a baseline and we get a journey and we get a plan, yeah. which is fully modelled of how we're going to get them there. Then this touches on the four areas of process, people, organisation and technology. So your
0: your initiation there um is very much of seeing engagement with the people this is very much around communication looking at the government governance as is yep. i have um i have an immediate thought that comes to mind and i'm afraid to use this dirty word c19 <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously this was an as-is process how how do you predict that the the, the ppm and uh, PMO challenges that um, organizations will face moving forward now? Yeah,
1: really, 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 really good question. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, um, it has had a major impact on, on, on where organizations' heads are at. Mm. Um, one other thing, before I go into that, one other thing I just want to touch on, um, because it, it it is prevalent to, to the question you've raised. Historically, We've always run the assessments as a physical one-on-one or one-to-many workshop-type environments where we'll be interviewing people, going through the framework assessment model and producing the report at the end of it and presenting it back. Um, The industry, quote-unquote, the consulting industry for, for P3M has been driven for lots and lots of good reasons. Has been driven towards running these remotely because it's much more effective, much more efficient. It's better use of time. It's less expensive. Where we've been trying these things, these these assessments remotely. So it's been a blend of on-site and remote delivery. And of course, we've been we've been forced into uh, delivering these assessments now remotely because of the, the situation. So this has really driven the platform to run online assessments where it was being developed it's now been developed really 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 quickly so organizations can actually run their own online assessments now a note of caution on that and I will get to your question I promise Nicola a note of caution on running online assessments yourself is subjectivity versus objectivity if you run your own assessment of your own processes, people, technology, and an organisation. Um, it's your view. Um, you're not using a broader world experience to actually undertake the asset itself. So it's 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 the online version is there, but you need to be conscious that you need to take that with a you know view that that you need to take that objectively rather than subjectively. So to to your point in predicting the challenges we've got, some of the challenges are are not new to you or I since since lockdown in March, Um, but specifically now that we are, we have been post-March, post-COVID-19, post-lockdown, we've been forced to work in a different way. So, so the, the, the three or four key areas I've seen that the challenges that we've got within the PPM, i call it PPM now rather than P3M. So, PPM is the, is the overarching program and project management module for delivering change. Four key areas are communication, governance, the indistinct mid term future, and the long term future. What does it hold? So communication, we're all familiar with, with, the, with the challenges we've got of disconnection versus over-connection. Um, I think we're getting better at it now than we we were sort of straight, march, uh, straight after lockdown. Lockdown forced us to work remotely, forced us to work from home. Thankfully, the technology is and continues to be mature enough to allow us to do it. Very lucky. Great. Very lucky that this thing didn't happen perhaps five to ten years ago when things may have been slightly different um, with, with the maturity of the technology. But technology has proven hugely successful in um, and, and allowing us to continue to work remotely. But we all know that disconnection versus overconnection problems, the work-home-life balance and diversions that we're getting, Amazon knocking at the door, the cat wandering in front of the camera, all the usual diversions, you know, school, we're in school, holiday time, it's, its you know, we get lots of diversions. And some of us, me included, are more easily diverted than others, shall we say. So so it's, it's really that rigor of ensuring that even though you're at home, you're at work. But conversely, it's the over-connection as well. Um, and losing what I call losing the chronology of the day. So before e 19 we would get up, we would have our, we would see our kids, have our breakfast, commute to work, be in the office, commute home, see kids, go to bed, so on and so forth. Now we're up, we're in our office, we're connected, we're on, and we're working. So there's the we've got to get this balance of work working from home the benefits, but not getting this, losing this discipline of chronology of the day and starting to suffer from Zoom or team fatigue, because that that is prevalent, especially in a PPM world where it's complex. You know, some of these programs that, that, that PPM professionals are working on can be quite complicated and quite complex. And if we're not careful, some of these guys can find themselves fatigued by the real perceived pressure of always being connected, always being available in 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 the in the into the program itself. So we just need to balance that and make sure we recognise that as a challenge for the PM professionals right now. That it's hard for them. They are custodians of the program or the, and or the project, but we need to be conscious that it is a challenge for them as well. Having said that, I think we're more productive. I think people are more productive working from home. I don't know how you find it. Um, I th-
0: I think I sh- I think I found it quite challenging to start with, but you're right. I did I did get into a better routine, and I now have a really nice routine. Um, I I personally really really miss going to an office. That's that's a fact. And it was interesting what you were just saying about the PPM oh um, and obviously being um uh, conscience conscious of how how much pressure they feel now from re- working remotely i was having a conversation with somebody recently you mentioned uh zoom fatigue um and I- i'm i'm one that has this interestingly so so in project space obviously majority of the time that that a project team is spending in their days with their colleagues and obviously conversing and communicating about the project and things like that so they're on conference calls a lot and um i was reading this uh this article the other day that was talking about that zoom fatigue is actually a real uh true effect because what happens is when you're in a in a physical room with with other people you only look at one person that's talking at one time and your 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 mind is picking up all of the nuances um, of their facial expressions and features and things like that. So you're, you're, you're focusing on one person, but on yes. a Zoom call you have nine faces, sometimes even more faces at one time and your brain is having to actually pick up all of the different changes in those voices. So, you you know, it's, it, it, it's really interesting that you said, mentioned not only Zoom fatigue, but also that the stresses that causes on PPMs because actually that is their role, you know, that they're, they're on these calls yes. all day long. It's, it has its own challenges. Um,
1: well, you're right, and it brings me on to the, the, the point on communication. One of the big big challenges, I, I think, is 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 knowing and holding the audience. So you've picked on it. Really, really good point there. Mm. But in a in a physical workshop environment, as a as a PPM resource, whatever level you may be, you need to have as you say that, or we used to have that physical tap on the shoulder, that one to one or one to many physical relationship with people to ensure that things are done to keep the project on track. And it worked really, really, really well. And as PPM professionals, we've now learned to do things differently. And 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 you're absolutely right. Knowing and holding the audience virtually is a real different technique than doing it physically. Um, seeing body language, looking at uh, 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 facial expressions, it's really hard on a green of nine plus. In fact, just to give you a scenario a note I've just made, um, uh, we, we, we're working on a, a particular very, very, very complex change program with uh, which is using something called the Scaled Agile Framework. Um, and we were on a um, release train a conference call with 120 people on a video, and it was just mind-blowingly difficult to 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 get your hand all these people um they were very very small because my is clearly not big enough but it was really 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 hard to hold and know the audience i mean that was that was extraordinary that's an extraordinary number but but in majority of cases as you say you know to 10 people it can be really hard to know and hold the audience and ensure that you're getting buy-in or you're understanding they're understanding their actions or they're, you know, they're really getting to with with confirmation of what it is that we're there to achieve. Mm-hmm. So it is it is hard to do. It. And, and, a, and a little anecdotal, interesting, little funny side side bite to this was um in uh, April, King, the people who it's, they don't own it now, but they're still branded as King who have Candy Crush. Um <laughs> Noted a sixty percent spike in usage in in April and continues onwards because the, the the anecdotal feedback is that people on conference calls are easily diverted by their smartphone and find themselves and there are other games out there, of course, but maybe playing Candy <laughs> Crush when they're not when they're not actually focusing on the call itself. Yeah, and it's because it's easily diverted to do so because you can't. That can't happen in a in a physical environment, but can happen on a virtual. So, as PPM professionals, we've really got to learn new techniques in ensuring that we've got our audience audiences focused. And I think moving on from that, we need to be really, really good at summarising the conversation or the meeting minutes. Where before we would distribute minutes and we follow up minutes and make sure they were they their actions were completed, we've now got to summarise. And continue to summarize and confirm with contributors, stakeholders, customers, product owners, so on and so forth, all the members, they understand their actions and they're following their actions. And as PPM mm-hmm. professionals, we've got to learn how to do that in a slightly different way. Absolutely. That's yeah. interesting. Um, so, um, yeah. Sorry, as carry on. <laughs> No, I was going to say. The, the, so it's communication governance. Uh, so it leads quite neatly onto governance as well, because yeah. um, governance is is we, we all knew in 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 the in the program and project world, whether it's in PPM or PMO both, we know what we know. We absolutely knew the the the, the process of governance and what the benefits were and why we did it. But in this world now, with where we're in different fluid C-19 world, um, we need to understand what the role of governance is and how to make it more pragmatic and more agile, simple and clear. Because our working environments have changed so significantly that that usual governance processes like project boards, stage eight meetings, portfolio boards, steering groups, all these other good things, um, they have been severely affected um, because... They can't operate in the same way in the new in the new in the world and the 2B world as well, which I'll touch on in a second. So we need to get really nail and good nail our governance process, ensure we get these assurance updates as appropriate, and I use that word really, really appropriately, appropriate as possible because I've seen organizations who've moved from their assurance updates from which could be a project board meeting, let's say, from a monthly, even to a weekly, even to a daily stand-up, mm-hmm. which is fear of losing control of project by almost introducing a bureaucracy to ensure assure that the project is on track. So you've moved from something which is robust and fit for purpose to something that feels a little bit like. We just need to check in and in and check in and we're becoming less efficient by doing that. So it's really a balance between we've lost a little bit of the governance processes because of the current situation, but we don't want to go too far the other way and turn into a bureaucracy and get that balance right to ensure that, they, or assure that, 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 that the projects are on track doing what they should be doing. Does that make sense?
0: It does, yeah. I'm just wondering how, how an organisation could do that as the 2B process, though, in the future of governance.
1: Aha. Well, that's um, <laughs> you set me up beautifully. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, just one point before I go into that, um, I think really important to note is that and, and organisations are different. You know, organisations have been affected differently by, by C19. Um, Some some are doing particularly well, a lot are not doing particularly well, but all have got to change. And a lot of organizations that change has been forced upon is, and is therefore viewed as tactical change. So tactical change that must happen quickly is happening. Lots of PPM resources who are available and not on furlough, for example, a point I'll touch on in a second, are focusing on tactical projects, getting the business into shape to survive C-19. It's fusing important. completely understand businesses need to survive where we are right now. So resources are moving into tactical survival mode. We need to be prepared, so getting to your point, to be able to get our organisations fit for, for the bounce back, when bounce back happens, because it will happen. So we need to be prepared that the foundations are in place for more strategic engagements as well. So this is where organizations have got the opportunity now to prepare using P3M3 uh, or P3O. P3O is the uh, Portfolio Program and Project Management Office framework. To bear the blueprint and the new operating model for the new normal now, so that it doesn't come as a surprise when we come through bounce, when well, we get bounce back, and organizations are not prepared. So now is the time to undertake the assessment, get yourself prepared for what the new world looks like. There will be areas that you don't know, you know, I touched on the four points of communication, governance the indistinct mid-term future and the long-term future, there will be points in the mid-term and long-term future where you don't, as an organisation, actually know what the new normal looks like, but you can prepare using the experience that external providers can give you to prepare you for getting your processes, getting your organisation and getting your people ready for what the operating model or the new normal will look like
0: so if i was if if i was a pmo that wanted to prepare for this or a ppm that wants to prepare for this what would be my what would be my steps to do in order to do that should i start with um an assessment on obviously my pmo ppm maturity or even if i've already done that should i look at a reassessment of that how how should i do that
1: yes yes and yes so if you've already done it then do it again because things have changed Um, But, yeah, the starting point is to undertake assessment. Um, Don't don't swim blind. Use something that is proven and is world-class, like P3M3. There are other tools out there, but, frankly, the ubiquitous framework model for Portfolio Programme Project Excellence is P3M3. So use that tool to baseline where you are right now be pragmatic, understand where possible the direction of travel of the organization can be difficult, can be challenging, of course, but it gives you the point. But you've got the time now. This is the this is the almost the, the the dichotomy we have. We have the time now to undertake the assessment. Undertaking gives you a starting point to build the blueprint. Now using external advisors, consultants, practices, etc. Will give you that e- external view, that broader knowledge, that mm-hmm. other organisational, you know, experience of where what you need to do and where you need to get to to have yourself fit for when you're ready for when bounce back happens. And mm-hmm. um, um, frankly, some of the some of the key takeaways I've I've seen is is is, is, is the are there. We know what the processes, the governance are for PPM, but historically, when working into an organization, when I've walked into organizations many times in, in the last 12 years, for example, when I said, can you tell me your program and project management processes are? The book comes off the shelf and there it is, <laughs> starting at one and ending at a 101, there is the project processes. They're in this book and you shall follow them on page one and you'll get to page 101 and you'll follow that process. For a lot of organizations, it worked. It was a framework model, it was a set of processes, a set of governance, and it worked. Mm. And I'm not saying that organizations should throw it out, no, but pragmatism, simplicity and clarity are the watchwords. now for for ppm it's about in the new operating model the new operating environment building a blueprint or an operating model which is which is scalable agile with a both a small a and a big a <laughs> simple, simple and clear All Right. so it's not a matter of now just starting from page one and finishing on page 101 for every project you know some, some engagements um, don't need the level of rigor and, mm. and governance that maybe we would have applied. And this is a lesson we've learned in, 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 in from lockdown onwards, is that it's about pragmatism and, and, and flexibility and agility, critically.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you've uh, you've you've got my my buy-in on that one. I uh, you know, I'm hearing simplicity, I'm hearing agile, I'm hearing new ways of working. Obviously, that's what 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 we're all about here. And I think I think you you touched on a the point there. You know, the old ways were one to 101 in the, you know in a framework, but actually, it's more of this hybrid view. But equally, looking from external eyes into a company, how they can make those changes, how they can work with external um, resources to help carve and shape a better governance moving forward, especially, as you say, in, in the new world that we that, that we find ourselves in. Um, and, and and a question um, I, I have around that, again, you know, I'm always I'm always in the background background thinking, thinking as a business change manager, that's, uh, don't you know, for anyone listening, don't underestimate the huge change that has the impact that has on not only the ppm but also that that project that that pro- projects um delivery teams as well because obviously this is huge process change um, yep. and it and it needs needs to have the right level of um of approach to it to 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 make sure that people are very much ready for for this change and understanding I, why
1: I, agree. I completely agree I completely agree with that just 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 you know in what the future holds for example um we need to look at what the impact of c19 has actually been is 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 being and what it will be um and will an organization fundamentally change because of the impact of, of c19 both economically and what the future strategy looks like because i think what one, one of the there's lots of horrible things happening with covid 19 we we understand for lots of reasons, what what the you know how how dreadful this situation is. Um, mm-hmm. One of the one of the lessons we're learning is around simplicity, clarity, agility. Yes, all these good things. We need to retain a good level of governance to ensure that we don't projects don't run away with themselves. But it's also you're absolutely right. Bringing people along into what the mm-hmm. new world looks like. So not using this phrase again. We're not building a PPM bubble where it's got agile, simple, clarity, <laughs> expediency, all built inside the bubble. We need to extend We to that out into the entire community, into the entire, because people, everybody in the project delivery teams are, are, need to embrace the processes as well, and their customers as well need to. So I talked early on about buying and getting people bought in across across the entire change. I think now it's really brought into stark relief the the need to bring in everybody into the so we're all linking arms and working on this together so you know understanding what so putting the customers at the heart of everything that we do and customers are internal and external they're in all shapes and sizes but putting them in the PPM heart of everything that we do is critical moving forward we've talked about it in the past we've now got the opportunity to really do that in 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 the new world across all businesses um, and, and
0: and i I'm, I'm i'm gonna just say this now because whilst i've been having this conversation with you andrew i just you know for, for all of our ppm and pmo um our project delivery listeners out there something that i've um, gone through this conversation with you is a fear curve um, obviously everything you're everything you're talking about completely makes sense to me but it also fears it fills me with this Oh my word, that just sounds like huge change, and I'm not sure I'm ready. And you know, and that that's literally been the journey I've gone on through this conversation. However, we get in, you know, we, we, we're dissecting all of these different parts of, of exactly what the impact will be and, and how we need to think about this moving forward. But it's really exciting times as well, because this is almost it's, like it's, for me, it, it sounds to me like we can we COVID is given. PMO this opportunity to evolve and become kind of leading the ways for project delivery teams in the new world. And you know, if if you if if you're willing to embrace that as part of a PMO, you're going to make a massive change to project deliveries, and you're going to actually help those teams naturally adapt to the new absolutely. world.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Really positive thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I really, really positive. And. Again, you're, we're in vehement danger of agreeing with everything to each other, but it's true. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> and, but, but one, one point, just to expand on you, you've made there that I completely agree with, but we just want to expand on is, is is when Down happened and we were all forced to use Teams and Zoom and other platforms to, to communicate, um, we only used zoom to video conference and teams to video conference we didn't really collaborate particularly well we didn't use the tools to the best of their ability because we weren't trained to do so really we just got the teams product and went hey oh my it works we can we can collaborate on documents and we can we can actually see each other and we can talk to each other remotely happy days but there's so much more that could be done you know in our world of business change let's say. There's so much more that could be done if we tell people what could be done with it. And we build that into the, the, the organizational process. Um, and so it's a matter of not just saying it's it's new world, it's new process, it's new this, but bringing, training the people, bringing the people on, mentoring, coaching them and getting them used to working in the new environment so that they embrace it as well. Yes. So they're absolutely yes. on board with
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and it's that. It, what is it? What it is in it for me? I'm always harping on about that. But why? Yeah. Why are we doing this? And why? Why should I be part of it?
1: Um yeah. You know. Um, one of the things I just want to touch on um, that I haven't actually, and I, I, it's slightly, it's it's it very much core to this, but but it's not been touched on just yet. Is is I talk about the four areas of. Process people, technology, uh, process people, organization, and technology. The people side of it is a real, very now subject, of course, for, for organizations. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty for people out there now. There's lots of bad news about um, uh, people, you know, being laid off. Lots of big numbers being talked about. What's going to happen post the, when the furlough scheme comes to an end in October? Um, uh well, now is the time that organizations, I think, once they've started to think about what their operating model looks like, is the time to think about what their pull look like as well. Um, it's, you've got great people in your organizations, typically, and now is the time to build and develop on those people. Mm-hmm. They could be furloughed right now. Um, or they could be in doing tactical projects or potentially in there doing strategic business change projects as well. But predominantly the majority will be doing tactical or and or furloughed right now. So now is the time to be thinking about what building that really, really, really quality platform and foundation of your people within your PPM and PMO function. Getting it robust, getting it right, getting it that platform to build on. Organizations don't know what's going to be like bounce back, post bounce back, don't know what these are going to be people wise. It's not a matter of just just going out and just either carving the people or building. It's about getting that foundation absolutely right, aligned to the blueprint and the operating model we're talking about. And then organizations can take a much more sophisticated approach to how they deliver their portfolio post-Covid-19. Happy days, post-Covid-19. I like saying that. Um, Well, I like hearing it. Take a drink to that one. Um, And it's, so we have our platform of core great people based in the organization. How do you build a flexible, interim, agile resourcing model to allow you to achieve the peaks and troughs? The phrase, the mantra I use with lots of our organisations is, turn it on, turn it up, and turn it off. So it's not just a matter of saying, I'll build a team, and then oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this team? It's much more. Companies have now got the ability to think about this more in a much more sophisticated way. Right, I can visualise my programme of work is going peaks and troughs as they always are, and I can use, I can adopt or engage with individuals, I can engage specialist providers of flexible resource models, I could use external consultancies, whichever the most appropriate model is to ensure that I'm not just filling my place with people, I'm actually filling my place with appropriate people at the appropriate time. So optimising how you deliver your change programmes moving forward, it's a great time to actually think about getting that prepared right now. The foundation, and get your agile model in place as well to ensure you're ready for when bounce back happens.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's a, that's a really valid point. And um, I'm kind of I'm patting myself on the back at the moment because I have the same situation with my staff or with yep. my team. And um, they have uh, learning Fridays. So they actually work four days a week and then their Fridays are um, focused on additional support and training and how I can help. Or how the organization helped develop them as individuals and let's be honest you know if it wasn't for a slower pace of work right now I'd, I'd be really challenged to give them that opportunity but it's yeah. it's it's alleviating some of the pressures off off of them so that they can obviously in, increase their knowledge and and um uh, widen widen that widen their horizons but not with that with additional pressure outside of their working environment so yeah it's um
1: that's super that's really progressive That's really good yeah. really good really really good investing in your talent is just the way is the way forward it's brilliant yeah. well done that's good,
0: good. Oh, thank you very much i'll take that pat on the back um <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for all, all of your um conversation today andrew that was really interesting
1: you're welcome
0: and um i i'm obviously Continuing to uh, to agree with <laughs> with your approach, and I'm really keen to see how um, post COVID nineteen will look um, for us and, and for our PMO governance because it's it's really it's actually really exciting times, and I think that it would be such if, if an organisation is willing to obviously make this progression and be in the in the, in the forefront of of changing um, to this new world. I think I, I think it's going to be a really interesting time for them, and uh, a place people Agreed. should be. Agreed. So? Completely
1: agree. Completely agree. So I'm so sure I'm there's lots to... lot more I could have talked about, but I've, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I've still going to. Well, you
0: know what? My... We, I I would love to have you back on another podcast, and we can no, um, something we haven't touched with, and I'm uh, and we don't have time today, but something we haven't touched on is um around the dreaded b word we got dreaded c words and dreaded b words and i know one of our conversations has been around brexit and how that's um impacting us and also the ir35 stuff Um,
1: my favorite subject (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah but let's uh, let's let's agree to do another podcast on that because that's absolutely and the work you're doing on there is uh, with that is really interesting um so if i'm an organization then i'm looking to want to obviously uh, improve and and change my processes for the for the new future or if i'm looking for health assessments etc obviously i can come to external client um consultants like yourself how do i get in contact
1: with you so you can you can find me um on linkedin uh, very easily. And uh, if you search on Andrew Buxton, which is B-U-X-T-O-N, you'll find me on LinkedIn or you can email me directly. If you email me directly, that would uh, find me very quickly, which is the same, andrew.buxton at pd, uh, papadelta-cs, uk. Perfect. Thank you very much.
0: And I, I will make sure I put all of that information also into the blurb of this podcast. Brilliant. So um, on that note, I'm sorry to bring it up again. Please don't cry, but I really hope that you get your bike fixed soon. <laughs> so <do I. laughs> and uh, thanks so much for your time today, listeners. I hope you've had it, um, found that really interesting as a podcast. Um, stay tuned for for more for, for more interviews coming your way very soon. Thanks so much, Andrew, today. Thanks,
1: Nick. I wish you well. Okay, Bye.
0: Bye. Bye.